Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. What's up, everybody? My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And joining us today is Nelly and Rebecca. And together, they are Ronessa Avila, the creative power of two. Two authors, that is. And they strive to make people aware of a culture rich with traditions that date back thousands of years. Today, we are discussing their book, A Study of Household Spirits of Eastern Europe. Rebecca, Nelly, welcome to Paratruth Radio. We're so thankful to have you on. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yep, thank you for inviting. So we're actually having you guys on to talk about your book, A Study of Household Spirits of Eastern Europe. Uh, the first question that I just have is, what, what, what guided you to decide on writing this book? Well, Rebecca, do you want me to start first? Yep, you can go first. <clears throat> okay. And not, I know you have two people on the call. We are using pen name. It's Renessa Villa. So I call this the relationship power of two. So I was raised in Eastern Europe, in Bulgaria. And I spent, I was spent a lot of time with my grandmother in the villages and hearing all these different stories and 10 years ago, me and Rebecca connected and we decided that we wanted to, you know, uh, materialize my ideas and write a book. And we started with um, a book called Mystical Amona. After Mystical Amona, we created another book, uh, Dragon Village or Zmejkovo. And during the, the research of the uh, you know, for the book, all the materials. Um, Rebecca was very interested in all those different creatures and uh, spirits. And this is how the idea of this nonfiction book was born. So um, that's the story in short. Rebecca, do you want to add to it? Yeah, just going to say, um, in the Dragon Village series, we had, uh, it's, there's a book called Lamia's Bible, which is, has all the secrets of everybody in Dragon Village. And I was trying to get information on that. And one of the characters who was going to be in a um, book, Dragon Village, was called Kiki Mora. So I started with her and then found other household spirits and, you know, just kind of escalated and, you know, to put into a, um, all of the information into a book. Yeah. And I'm sure you heard of Kiki Mora. It's a uh main character in The Witcher, <laughs> the show. Yeah. <laughs> Very familiar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, ours is a little bit friendlier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the chicken goddess, I call her. <laughs> <laughs> well, reading through this book, um, 
I, I loved reading through this book because you have illustrations, you have the did you know stuff there, which I thought was was brilliant. Um, but I, I loved that I actually knew some of these spirits because it, I used to play a, a really old computer game way back when, when it was just point and click computer games. And um, one of the the characters in the series was the Domovoy. And they they portrayed this Domofoy, so reading through and reading about the actual spirit itself, it was like, oh, th- this is awesome, because I already kind of know the background of the Domofoy, and now reading more of the history, it was it was pretty cool. So it this looks like it's supposed to be a series. What made you start with these particular spirits in the series? Um... Like I said, the part of it was because um, I was researching Kikimora for the Dragon Village book. Um, okay. And then there were just other household spirits who came up in my searches. I mean, I don't know, I have an awful lot of background in the Eastern European spirits and creatures. So I needed to do a lot of research so I could help when we wrote the book, the um, Dragon Village book. I would have more ideas about how to enhance Kikimora's character. And so that was just why we started with the household spirits. Okay. So I noticed like when, when I'm reading through this and I'm seeing, obviously there's a lot of information here, but you go so far as to, to discuss um, why a spirit may enter into a house in this case with the cookie more is like the uncleanliness. Uh, but then you also discuss how to get rid of these spirits. Uh, is this information that you just simply uh, found and related back into your book, or is there some sort of eyewitnesses that you interviewed or you found online that you're able to to confirm with? No, it was all research. It, it wasn't. Any, I mean, some of the information probably came from um, forums where people were talking about mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, their their accounts of things. Um, but I, you know, tried to like at least reference if it did come from that. A lot of it's mostly from academic sources. But like we also wanted to include more, you know, the average person's experience with um, you know, the spirits and things like that. Right. Did you have a favorite spirit that you had researched um, that that kind of connected with you more than others? Oh, I love Kiki Mora. <laughs> I don't know about Nelly. <laughs> Oh, she's my favorite. My mother, my grandmother used to say, if you don't, you know, wash your dishes, she'll come tonight and you'll be punished. So I was like, okay, my gosh, there's some noise in the attic. So maybe she's coming for me. So, um, you know, everything for me, I know um, I have the background. Rebecca doesn't have this Eastern European background. So I, this is something from my childhood. So some of the memories are still alive in my, in my head. Okay. But I think she she did great job, and we did great job researching uh, this, um, you know, different uh, creatures from Slavic mythology because I think that's a terra incognita. A lot of information about it. It's a very uh, you know, it's amazing actually. Very interesting topic. For sure. It's, I, I, we've always been interested in these type of topics. And so getting a chance to like read into some of these other stories from around the world is always really enlightening for us, uh, especially like 
we're, we delve really deep into obviously the, Amer- the American uh, folklore and mythologies. Uh, and we're not as in tune or understanding as some of the other ones. So it's kind of cool to see some of this stuff. Um, one thing that I have noticed, like with some of our other guests who have done research on various types of spirits is as they're doing the research, they start to see some sort of crossover in which many of these spirits, uh, kind of relate to one another in some way, or maybe they act the same in, in one way or another. Did you happen to find any of that in your research where it's like, oh, maybe this spirit is just a mistaken identity of this spirit or, you know, something like that. Well, the um, Domovoi and Dvorovoi are pretty similar. I mean, and in a lot of cases, people did consider them the same. Okay. But one was more um, specific to the house, and the other was more out- outdoors than to the farm and the animals. And so, the, like I said, those were two that were pretty similar. Um, they all can be pretty violent, though. I mean, that was one thing that came across, that even though they're the mildest of the... Um, the spirits so far okay well i think so, what actually connects those beliefs from other culture is you know people are trying to understand what's going on in the world and they're trying to protect their home uh make sure that they get you know enough food fertility and prosperity and i think you, you can find this the, the in in each of this you know, spirits, not just from Slavic folklore, but from other cultures. I love mythology. So, you know, I'm sort of like comparing this. And one of the goals that we have is to not promote Slavic mythology, but just promote diversity, right? Mm -hmm. So when you understand other cultures, you appreciate other, you know, people, their point of view, and you open your mind. Um, So I think that's important, at least for me, probably because, you know, I moved from Europe to a new country and adopted the culture and I learned a lot and I appreciate everything. Mm-hmm. So moving from, from Europe to here, um, was it kind of a, a shock in the difference between the way that cultures um, address their folklore or is it kind of similar, you know, across the board? Well, there's a, what is, what is interesting, or, or I, I say beautiful about, you know, United States is that you have many people with different, you know, heritage, and mm-hmm. you explore, um, explore that different views and um, c- culture, right, cultural beliefs. It was a shock. Yes, it's a new you know, everything is new, but, um, you know, I think again, I, I, I don't, I I say I enjoy exploring, right. Learning and adopting. Okay. And so when you, as you're writing this book, like I know you had said that you had first kind of started doing the research on the dragon book and you came across some of these spirits and started doing more research. Um, were you kind of doing both books at the same time or were you really focusing on one first and completing it and then moving on to the next? How did that work out for you? 
we both kind of work on the same different books at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like I, while I was researching and writing the um, the spirits books, Nellie's been working on the Dragon Village series and a lot of the more the fiction. She does like the first draft of the fiction work, and I tend to do the first draft of the the nonfiction work, and then we you know we compare notes and um, back and forth between each other. Okay. You guys had brought up that a lot of these these um, spirits are are um, aggressive. Uh, what's some of the the protection you can do against having these spirits in your home? Oh, these um, well, you know, wormwood is good for a lot of spirits. I can't remember if it off the hand if it's um for these or not. They do a lot of charms and, and things like that. Um, okay. The evil eye beads. Nelly can probably address more um, particulars. Yeah, I, I remember, and, you know, true also researching, but um, like amulets. So the um, using colors like white and red and blue, um, as well using salt. Can put salt around, you know, corners of your windows or your house. Um, well, there's a lot of rituals, and I think every family has their own rituals. I'm not sure, you know, if they've been passed to the younger generation, but I remember like my grandmother, she used to do like a ritual bread for the stupan of the house. She, you know, putting like a red, um, treat under the threshold of you know when you're entering the house and she's like when i was like seeing as a, a snake which i don't like them um <laughs> they're scaring me to death but she's like well don't touch it you know this is probably uh stupan the you know the spirit that is uh, guarding our house so um different different amulets different rituals i'm not sure rebecca do, do you have any others that you, you know, for you, like from coming from different point of view that are interesting. Wanna... Um, no, I'm, I'm also. One thing I, I do want to know is like, you know, we, when we work with, uh, I want to call them customers, clients, when we work with clients who have uh, a curiosity about what's happening in their house, you know, they're, they're witnessing some sort of haunting or something like that uh we sometimes go so far as to try to figure out what it is that's haunting this the house um what are some keys to look for uh when trying to discern whether there's a kikimora that's haunting the home or is in the presence of the home well I, I think noises, mm -hmm. noises in the attic, and if you wake up and you have, you know, there's a, a problems, everything is upside in your kitchen. Um, and we used to also make a joke that she likes to brew beer. So if you smell beer, then that's a sign of Hikimura. Um But uh, I think noises, right? Mm -hmm. um, noises and 
again, salt is a great protection um, to use. I know garlic is huge in uh, in a lot of cultures. The same with uh, like in Eastern Europe, Bulgaria, uh, garlic is power powerful uh, herb for everything. We just did our latest book about magical herbs, and we have you know a lot of information on on garlic and how you can use it against vampires and. Um, and this is another interesting topic, Rebecca, you know, what, would like us to explore in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also with um, Kikimora, the, the wet footprints, if she happens to be a swamp Kikimora, would um, indicate that she had been in the house. Okay. So the spirits and creatures series is obviously going to be a series. What are you guys planning on for book two? Book two is about Lusalki. Um, they we, they call them mermaids, but they're really more like um, water spirits. Um, they're like dead girls who, you know, who have drowned. Mm-hmm. And then book three was um, we did dragons and currently okay. working on book four, which is about Baba Yaga. But that's oh, a big one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of research on her. <laughs> well, how, but Nellie's how... found some really great. Go ahead. I was going to say Nellie's found some really great um, articles in Russian and Bulgarian that you don't usually have access to, you know, for in, in English. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of good information for those. Okay. Well, that's really cool. Uh, so in the process, you're writing this this book on Baba Yaga. Like, what is the first steps uh, along with the research, and how long does it typically take you to complete the book? Like, what what is your timeline and your outline for that matter? Um, from collecting the information to actually publishing, it usually takes about like, we count on about a year to do okay. that. I've been collect- actually gathering some of the information along while I'm looking for other things, if I find what I want, you know, I find something in her in other articles, I'll save that information into my file. So I actually had a lot of it um, ahead of time this time. Mm-hmm. And so we also, of- you know, utilizing translations and collaborating with um, illustrators to do the, you know, images for us. And so it's, yeah, about a year. One of my favorite topics is dragons. So I'm excited that you guys are going to be coming out with a dragons book. Um, are dragons pretty predominant in Bulgarian folklore? Yes, we have two, female and, and male. And the male is a little different from, you know, other culture because he can turn into a human. And he likes, okay. he had a great appetite for, you know, beautiful girls and he likes wine. So it's a very um, three-dimensional um, character um, in the folklore. So we have, uh, the book actually was already published and we have uh, uh, an additional book, Dragon Tales. And we have a lot of uh, different tales and legends um, from that, from the Eastern Europe and Bulgarian folklore. On dragons, yeah. 
And then okay. the female, he, he is always in, you know, um, fighting his sister, uh, Delamia, which is, you know, the female uh, dragon in the folklore, very vicious uh, dragon. <laughs> so be careful if you meet her <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm not able to give you some, <laughs> I'm not able to give you tips how to protect yourself. But uh, I, I, I think people, every time there's a storm, they say like, okay, the Lamia is coming. And this is in other cultures like Serbia and others, they, they're calling this Hala. Okay. Okay. Hala, yeah. Type of dragon, yeah. Now, uh, there, uh, we, we've talked about dragons in the past, actually, and we, we, we've talked to a couple of people, too. There's been, as of late, some mixed reviews as to what exactly the dragon was or is. Uh, there's some claim that it was an ancient creature that was physical flesh and bone. Uh, others say that it's a spiritual entity, very similar to, say, uh, fairies, pixies. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think about that? Like, where, where do you stand? Well, in some of the research, um... I know in Bulgaria, they say that they were, um, they had gone underground during the apocalypse, then during some apocalypse, and they, um, their skin grew pale and peeled off like snakes. And so they actually believe that they have ancestors who, who live in the world now. And other theories say that they came from outer space, some of them. Okay. Um, Interesting. I actually didn't hear about that theory, the outer space one. That's a new yeah. one. Yeah. I do know, like, in Chinese folklore, a lot of their kings believe that they're descended from the dragons because in their culture, dragons are gods as well. Is that kind of similar for, for Bulgaria or the other cultures that, that you're talking about, Rebecca? No, they weren't so much um, from royalty. It was just ordinary people. I mean, there was even okay. there's even a person. Um, do you remember who his name, Nelly? Um, I have to look up at that. Yeah, he he does a lot of um, research, and because he believes that his family is from dragon, um, they were you know they're dragons. Um, and he's from area in Bulgaria that it's very secluded. Um, there's a lot of legends there, and um, there are people called Nestinari. So they they dance over fire, fire, you know, life calls, uh, fire dancers. And again, um, I think we we what we could do we can share article with you after the call and his name. Yeah. So where do you guys, I mean, where do you guys go from here now? Like, let's say you've got uh, your, your next book is, is, well, first, when do you think your next book is going to be completed? And then do you have an outline for what the following books are? Or you just kind of focus on the one and then whatever happens next, you just allow the you know the spirit to guide you, or your your own uh, uh, your own questions to guide you, curiosity. Um. Well, we well can I address this, and then you? Yeah. Um. Sorry. <laughs> um. So, 
I'm the one that has always have ideas and Rebecca is very good in putting down the strategy, right? So mm-hmm. we we um, currently working on Baba Yaga book. And then um, I know she was like to, um, we are like to do uh, another one for vampires and then for healers and witches. Huh? That's a huge topic as well. And we touch a little bit on it in the Herbs book that we just, you know, publish. Um, it's not about, it's not just about herbs, but it's like a magical herbs and was inspired by a ritual called Midsummer, any of them. And again, it's protection against dragons. Um, so it's a huge um, ritual. It's called Kupala, Kupala in other, in other um, Eastern Europe countries. Um, so I think at least this is what we uh, have on our list for now. But Rebecca, do you want to add to it? Yeah. And also, I mean, I was going to do one on fairies. There's the Vila and the Samodiva um, and those. And, and the this book should be done, I would say, at least by mid time of next year, since I'm basically just kind of getting into it right now. I'm, I'm compiling all my notes. So I don't expect to have it done um, this year, but hopefully next year. Okay. And this other, I mean, we have, I have a whole bunch of other information that I put aside that if I can get enough information on, I want to, you know, do more books like Giants and, and things like that. Yeah. And we need to complete the Dragon Village's makeover series. Uh, we have three books out. The, the series is uh, five, five books. And we have them in English. Some of them are in um, Portuguese and some of them are um, in Italian. So it's, uh, yeah, interesting. That's awesome. All right, Rebecca and Nelly, it is about that time where we usually let our guests go. So I want to give you guys a chance where they can, uh, where our listeners can find the books, uh, where they can find you guys. The mic is all yours. If you w um just go to vanessaavila.com so r o n e s a a v e e l a and all our books are in every, all the different places we are you can find us around the yeah the books are all major bookstores Barnes and Noble Amazon our website um, we also planning to do a Kickstarter. Um, we have not one successful and we, you know, continue to work. But again, if you search for Renessa Vila, I know the name is <laughs> probably hard to spell, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, we have very um, wealth of articles and we have information about our books and how people can get them in different format. We have them in ebooks and also they're in libraries too. Yeah. So. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for being on Pear Truth Radio. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you. Of course. Of course. All right, folks. That was the two that make up Renessa Avila, uh, Rebecca and uh, Nelly. Uh, check out the book, A Study of Household Spirits of Eastern Europe. It was, like I said, I, I thought it was a very well done book just reading through the legends and they have the, did you know in there? They've got illustrations mm-hmm. in there. It was pretty cool. Um, we're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear Eric's arm fact of the day, a quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth radio.
Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Did you know that a dime has 118 ridges on its edge? According to facts.net, the ridges of a coin determine whether it is real or fake. This was implemented on all coins before the 18th century. The ridges also make it harder to make counterfeit coins. This was Eric's random fact of the day. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we just got off the line with Nellie and Rebecca. They are the twin force known as Renessa Avila. That is their pen name and by which you'll find their books. Uh, this particular book was highly interesting uh, for us because, you know, as we said during the show here, um, we tend to focus a lot on American folklore. So getting a better better understanding of some of the European um, spirits and, and those from around the world was definitely an interesting topic for, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I had heard of like the Domovoy. Um, it goes back to a computer game that I used to play called Quest for Glory. Uh, and they, in each of the, uh, games in the series, they would pick a culture to pull the creatures from. And in, I believe it was number four, they went with a lot of Bulgarian folklore um, and, and it had the, the Rizalki in it, like, like uh, Rebecca had mentioned and um, Baba Yaga. Um, Baba Yaga actually appeared in the first and the fourth uh, game in the series. And then the Domovoy showed up in, in, number four, which I thought was cool to read through the book and find something that I've actually heard of before, but have never really researched outside of the game. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, you and I have talked about different cultures, folklore, but we've never been able to talk to somebody who is from that area or has done intensive research compared to what we can find. Right. So, um, I, you know, reading through it, um, was there anything that caught your eye for any of the spirits, like that you can relate to hearing, like hearing certain things in your house or anything where you're, you read this and then you're like, maybe that was a dumb boy or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you that one, one that is particularly interesting is the fact that the Kikimura likes to make beer. So, you know, now mind you, there's probably quite a bit of beer open around my house, and that could just be me. But aside from that, <laughs> you, could be, you forgot that it, you opened it and it's just sitting there. It's just sitting there. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's weird though, because I think a lot of these that, that are in this book are actually very similar to some of the spirits that we have here in the U S we just, they go by different names here. Uh, you know, the idea that the Kikimora is, um, is into mis- mis- mischief, is mis- oh, geez. into mischief, right? Uh, she likes to make noise, knock on walls and doors and things like that. I mean, that's very similar to the poltergeist here, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that's something that we've, we've talked about numerous times. Uh, and again, we, you know, we've also talked about how many spirits like the uncleanliness of a house, a dirty house kind of helps uh, make it feel more at home for a spirit. Whereas if you clean it up and make it tidy, it's kind of a symbolic representation of cleaning the spirit out of your house as well. Uh, same thing, you know, actually, that's something that's been mentioned in scriptures, too, which I've talked about is the idea mm-hmm. of a spirit haunting a house or being in a house. And basically, you got to kick it out, clean it all up. And the spirit goes roaming around until it comes back and finds everything put in order. And it takes residence again with seven word, in this case, demons much stronger than itself. Uh, and that's something we see time and time again, like how many times a haunting uh, is, is cleansed or a spirit is cast out only to have it pick up again, several months down the line. And that's because many people uh, who go into these hauntings or who are coming out of them, they do the cleansing and that's it. Nothing else has changed. And in order to make uh, a true change, you have to change yourself, whatever it is. You know, it's like saying, Hey, I'm into dark witchcraft, just for an example. And maybe you don't know fully what you're doing. Maybe you're a newbie. Okay. Nothing wrong with that, but you test some things and they go a little awry and you end up with a, a, some, some sort of entity in the house that you, that's not a good entity, cast it out and you don't change what you're doing. You just keep doing it and doing it. And what's it going to do is going to draw it back. So there has to be some sort, even if you continue, you need to learn to uh, change the mindset when you're doing stuff, uh, whether it's practicing with a Ouija board or, you know, uh, with tarot cards, whatever it is, uh, there's always got to be a subtle change that's going to help keep these spirits at bay. And that's, that's a lot of like just putting up those walls, putting up the, the shield protection. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. That's something that everyone talks about, uh, whether they're ghost hunting or practicing some sort of craft, you always begin with that that protection. Right. Well, and that that's why I kind of wanted them to go over some of the stuff that you can use to protect yourself, which actually they basically went over stuff we've already heard anyways, salt, garlic, um, stuff like that. And uh, Rebecca had mentioned wormwood, which is kind of a new one. For me, I've never heard wormwood as protection before. Um, but none of them mentioned like sage or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they'd mentioned herbs and stuff, but not specifically sage. Um, yeah, so it, I mean, you know, and again, that could there could be a number of reasons. Um, uh, could have been that they just left it out. Um, also, it could be cultural. Yes. Some cultures yeah. use sage, others use other means. Uh, you know, it's just like any practitioner uh, of whatever, whether whether you're a uh, 
a Christian or Protestant or a witch or a psychic, they're all going to have different means of casting spirits and cleansing. Uh, So Mm. there's not to say that there's one particular method that isn't right because uh, statistically they've all been effective, at least in my understanding and my research. Uh, So it's more so regarding the power of one's mind and understanding or believing that what they're doing is truly going to be cleansing the house. Right. Right. It's all about your intention. But if your intention is to keep the spirit there, you just want it to stop doing what it's doing. What you're, what you're doing to protect yourself isn't going to make any difference. Like you said. Yeah. Well, you know what? And that, I mean, let me get that. Wait. So what you're, let me, hold on. I might've (laughs) just misheard you there, (laughs) but did, did you say they're trying to, stop the spirit from doing what it's doing, but not trying to get rid of it. Right. Okay. That's just like, I don't, I don't know why like that sounded so weird to me. (laughs) What? I mean, it, in a sense, it kind of doesn't make sense because of the way I'm putting it, but basically, you you know, it's, it's trying to scare you. It's trying to, or or it's causing a ruckus or whatever. You don't want it to go away as far as the spirit itself. Cause you're like, well, maybe it's not anything bad. It just needs to stop disturbing me. So if you don't have that intention of cleansing the spirit away instead of just trying to get it to stop, then really if that spirit, say for example, we'll say um, um, an elemental. An elemental Mm -hmm. is a, a specific spirit that's supposed to do a specific thing, and that's all it does. So if you're trying to to just stop it for what it's doing it you you better be cleansing the house of it not just trying to get it to stop right yeah no completely agree and i think you know there are there are instances i suppose where and i've seen it on tv too uh where people want to just figure out what's happening maybe they don't necessarily want the spirit to leave depending on what it is Uh, a prime example is someone who moves into a house and they have a haunting and this haunting they learn is uh, someone who once lived there. Perhaps it was the old man who passed away however long prior. Uh, in that case, that ghost still sees it as their home. And so sometimes the owner doesn't necessarily want to kick them out because then they're like kicking them out on the street. If they don't, you know, if the ghost, if the spirit won't go off somewhere else, like crossover, uh, then they're pretty much out on, on the street. And so, yeah, some people want to help or try to get an aggressive spirit to kind of calm down and try to coexist with it. And sometimes the best way to do that is, of course, to just simply ignore it, which could work, but could also kind of drive up the issue uh, if it wants to be known. The other, of course, is to sit down and have a conversation with the spirit. Now, of course, that's something you want to do carefully because you don't know exactly what type of spirit it is from the very beginning, uh, unless you have maybe some sort of uh, psychic there to kind of help uh, clarify that this is a human spirit. Um, a, a conversation goes a long way in trying to meet on a single page or you can coexist together uh, without too much trouble. For sure. All right. Anything else on household spirits before we wrap it up? No, sir. All right. Well, folks, that is all we've got on a study of household spirits of Eastern Europe. 
Um, make sure you're checking out the book by Renessa Avila, which is Rebecca and Nelly combined. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff up coming up for you guys. Um, next couple weeks are going to be uh, down the rabbit hole, or unless we come up with a single specific topic. Uh, and then uh, we're actually going to be having a guest on to talk about runes, which I I don't think we've ever kind of really delved into. Um, and I guess a question I'll have for him is the difference between runes and sigils because it almost feels similar. So I, I would love to hear his his uh, take on that. Um, but that is pretty much it. Um, and in a couple weeks, Eric will be in North Dakota. So we'll be doing some investigations and uh, hopefully we'll have some creative work for him to do while he's here too for some companies and um yeah it's gonna be a fun time so until next week folks where you will find us same time same channel my name is justin and i'm eric peace this Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> I know, right?